This can be played at high volume. Live and local. This is the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Saturday. And you know what that means. Finally time for the world famous CD to step to the mic for two straight hours of no holds barred sports talk. It's better than Desperate Housewives. Are you ready? You better get ready. Because Under the Dome with CD starts right now. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. And good morning, beautiful people. It is a tremendous Saturday. If you're a sports fan, this is one of those weekends you've been waiting on for a lot of reasons. You've got the Kentucky Derby. UFC 274 has a lot of controversy, but I will get to a lot about that in this program. The New Orleans Saints, they got their guy, the Honey Badger, coming back home. We're talking about him in just a few minutes, and but it's fantastic. Appreciate you listening in, however you're doing so, be it through 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com, the FM dial in Lafayette and in Lake Charles, and I'll get to that right now before I go any further here. Get to the Saturday Sports Sermon in just a moment. But this show has a big announcement. We're going to waste any time here. I'll mention it again towards the end of the show. But this time next week, from 9 to 11 a.m., this show's going on the road, folks. This show has not gone on the road. Under the Dome with CD has always been restricted to the game studios. It's been great to be inside the game studios for a lot of reasons. But it is a tremendous honor to be out and about next week over in Lake Charles. And it's just going to be amazing to be a part of this. This is Home Fest 2022. It's going to be going down. It's a free festival. I'll be out there from 9 to 11. Be out there for a couple hours talking to you. Maybe getting some great guests live over there. Fingers and toes crossed there. But I'm absolutely just excited as all get out. But without further ado... We need to get down to brass tacks. We need to talk about what is causing all of this on a Louisiana Saturday morning. And if you've listened to this show before, maybe it's your first time listening in. It's time for your Saturday Sports Sermon. The famous CD is on his soapbox to start your Saturday. Oh, testify! It's time for your Saturday Sports Sermon. It's something that I never in a million years thought I'd see. And that is the Honey Badger returning home. And it was just a couple days removed from one of the best NFL drafts the Saints have had just based off of the fact they filled team needs instead of focusing in on unnecessary additions to a program, to a franchise that already had solid pieces inside that roster where they made draft moves for this was the right decision to make it. Bringing back the Honey Badger, the prodigal son, has made his return to the Crescent City, to the state of Louisiana. The man that made LSU one of those teams, one of those contenders back in the early 2010s. He went from unknown to undeniable. This guy is an absolute, has been an absolute monster damn near everywhere he's been. The Houston Texans being one of those exceptions. But you only do so much to help a team that is a complete and utter mess. But when you look at this, 
you have to feel great if you're a fan of the Honey Badger. Tyron Matthew officially coming back to New Orleans. You hear his story, everything that he's done. He's basically rehabilitated his image so much over the last decade. He has made himself such a mega star in this NFL world. He's made himself one of those man of the year type candidates. What he's done. Because you have to remember, the dude got kicked out of LSU. And next thing you know, he is on top of the world getting things done and being one of the best in the business. I cannot wait, cannot wait to see how he looks wearing the purple and gold. Excuse me, the black and gold. He used to wear the purple and gold back in the day, but he's not wearing that now. He's wearing the black and gold. Maybe he could rock number seven if Taysom Hill gives that up. Honestly, I don't think Taysom Hill should, in all honesty, because that's his number. And I think Tyron Matthew, he's comfortable. He said it himself during the introductory press conference that he's willing to wear any number possible just to be part of this team. And it's crazy to think because you start to hear a lot of rumors matriculate down the field and you start to hear that $20 million was kind of the the bar that he was setting for himself. But turns out Tyron Matthew only talked to one team and it's his hometown team. He got kind of a hometown discount with that deal. But honestly, I think he wants to further solidify his legacy and bring another championship to New Orleans. And I think what the Saints did, not just in terms of the draft, but with this free agency move, and rumors are they're not done yet, Jarvis Landry could be a distinct possibility which could make that wide receiver core even more like aggressive and the firepower will be there. What the Saints did on Monday, announcing that Tyron Matthew was going to come back to the state of Louisiana to represent the New Orleans Saints, they made a statement. They made a statement. You think we're? You thought we were done? You thought we were done? You thought we were we were dead and buried after last season? After last season, all the stuff that they went through with COVID, with injuries, and everybody dealt with COVID. Everybody dealt with injuries, but it felt like the Saints dealt with a deluge of them, a lot like the San Francisco 49ers did the season before, back in 2020. This Saints team dealt with a lot of BS. And guess what? They're out of the other side. It's a lot like Shawshank Redemption when you really think about it. They went through the 50 miles of crap and they wound up getting back on the other side feeling squeaky clean. It's amazing to see what they did getting Tyron Matthew to come over to the New Orleans Saints. And it's a statement that we ain't done anytime soon. We're just getting warmed up. This team, again, I talked about it last week. Not definitely talked about it two weeks ago. They were literally a weird finish in the Rams 49ers game away from making the playoffs. Did they deserve it? No. But they had a chance to get into the dance. And sometimes that's all you need. Don't believe me? Ask the New York Giants. Ask the New York Giants about that. I'm telling you, this was best case scenario for the Saints to see that set up, to see that come to fruition. This is exactly what you had been waiting on. And I cannot wait to see what this Saints team does. Do I think they make the playoffs? I think their odds just went up significantly in my mind. Maybe not the guys in Vegas, but I think this was the move to make. This guy is going to be a massive player in this team's success on the defensive front. They They lost Marcus Williams. Big whoop. You get one of the best safeties in this generation. 
of safeties. This was a huge move for the New Orleans Saints in the not-too-distant future, and hopefully they can get back to the top, to the pinnacle of sports before Tyron Matthew does indeed leave for greener pastures, whatever that might be. Maybe Tyron Matthew becomes the same for the rest of his career. Who knows? But this team has a two-year window, in all honesty. You've got a two-year window because you've got Jameis Winston for two years. And obviously, if Jameis Winston falls apart, anytime within those two years, that window is going to like close sharply. And I can't wait to see how this team is going to be able to work with the Honey Badger in that defensive front, what they're going to look like with Chris Olave, what they're going to look like with a lot of the guys they got in the NFL draft. See how things fit. How does Trevor Penning fit into the like starting five of the offensive line? There's a lot of question marks, but at the same time, you are more confident than anything about this team's future. We'll take a quick time out. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. We're talking about Mark Emmert. He's heading out. And maybe the NCAA is better for it. So keep it locked right here. We're back after this. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Live Kid and 1041 Lake Charles. And I got to say, I'm excited about the fact that at the end of the month, we've got the Cajun Heartland State Fair going down. And we want to hook you up with ride tickets for the Cajun Heartland State Fair. It's going down May 26th to June 5th. And this thing is absolutely loaded this year. Cannot wait for that. And we got your chance to win a family four pack of tickets. All you have to do is text four simple letters. And if you're driving, Pass the phone over to your partner, or better yet, just have them kind of take the phone from you. Type in this code, or you can go ahead and just wait till you get to your destination. Keep these four letters in mind CHSF to 68683 to win a family four pack of ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair. Again, that's CHSF. I can remember those letters. I'm sure you can too. So make sure you get to your destination. If you're driving, if you're at home, go ahead and type this in right now on your phone and text CHSF to 68683 to win a family four-pack of ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair. And this year, I think more than ever, go, go, fun, fun is the absolute statement that they want to make to you. And I think what's going to be a whole lot of fun is what's going to be going on with the world of college athletics, possibly the not-too-distant future, because... One guy that is leaving is Mark Emmert. He decided to step down. He's planning to resign in June. And this could be a game changer for a lot of different reasons. Because of the fact that we have some heads rolling. And more importantly, things could be changing in a lot of different ways to improve the state of the union when it comes to college sports because right now it's very much wild wild west and mark emmert is a lot to do with that i'm never gonna like hate the man for what he did but some of the stuff that was done under his watch not necessarily the best look in the world again just my personal opinion there but there's a transformation committee this comes from si and i'm blown away by this the fact they want to consider some new radical concepts that honestly i am completely and i mean completely 
on board with. And you've listened to me on this show before say some of these things. And the biggest one that stands out to me is the fact that we have the transfer portal open to players for just three months out of the year. Three months. If that happens, that would be one of the best things to happen. It's the first step towards fixing the problem that's been plaguing college sports. I just saw this the other day from 24-7 Sports. Willie Allen, a name some might know and recognize, he's going to be joining, you know, he's entered the transfer portal once again. He spent some time with UMass. He enrolled at LSU in 2016, went the JUCO route, spent time at La Tech, was an all-conference tackle there, then transferred to Michigan in October of 2020. Now he's on the transfer portal again. I can mention some other names. But this is probably one of the most like egregious problems with college football and college sports in general is the fact that this thing is not regulated well enough. And I think the first step is this, is having it be a true free agency period, a lot like the NFL. This is the right thing to do. And also making it a one-time trip to the portal, no matter who you are. That's going to fix a lot of issues. And imagine a world in college sports where a school is able to offer each baseball player a full ride rather than the 11.7, which is a complete joke and should have been changed a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And the ideas this transformation committee has, and they're sharing some of these concepts. I'm hoping they can make some massive changes to keep people realizing how much this thing is going to be a good thing to change a lot of stuff. Is they wound up losing big with the NIL stuff. And now we're seeing a huge change with it. Now, hopefully, the first thing in mind is to really start regulating it because we've heard reports, nothing official. There's no way you're going to hear anybody say outright, hey, we're paying so-and-so to transfer over. Like, for instance, some of the Cajuns players during this quote-unquote offseason, they jumped ship over to LSU or some of them jumped ship over to join Billy Napier over at Florida. And Allegedly, I'll go ahead and say keyword allegedly because I've heard some things. Same with players who transfer over to Alabama. There are rumors, all alleged, that they are getting paid under the table because of NIL. They can do that. I think that's going to be something that changes. And maybe it's a retroactive thing. And if that's retroactive, I guarantee you there's going to be some guys who are going to get in big, big trouble. We talk about Will Wade's. Strong-ass offers? Trust me, you ain't seen nothing yet like it's Bachman-Turner Overdrive. They're going to turn this thing up to 11 if that's the case. But the expansion of scholarships, that would be massive and help the state of college athletics. Is again, 11.7, you've got to make a 35-man roster, only 11.7. The next thing they also got to do is pay a third head coach full-time salary. That's the next step with baseball. That's need to be done for years. This would be a huge move in that right direction. Because honestly, that's the way it should be. 
you shouldn't just have everything be more towards football, having full scholarships. Now, Title IX could also throw some complications into this, but you know what? It is what it is. And it's going to be something that's also, I think, going to hurt. It's going to hurt some of the group of five programs, if we're going to be quite honest with you. It's going to hurt some of them, but not all of them. It's the ones that are already kind of prepared for some things. And also, I mean, imagine having a constantly open recruiting period, no dead period. That would be even better because then you have all the time in the world to talk and converse with all your favorite teams and all your favorite players to make sure that you get your guy. If you're LSU, you can talk to Arch Manning anytime, any place, anywhere. I'm just using him as an example. More likely than not, he's not going there. I think he's probably going to be a Longhorn, which would be huge for that program. I'm sorry, LSU fans. I, it just doesn't feel like that's going to happen. As much as we would love to see it, I don't think that's the case. But NCAA, I think it's going to be a lot better with Mark Emmert stepping away and exiting stage left. He's going to be heading out, and this transformation committee is going to make some radical changes. That is if they allow it to happen. And I can't wait to hear more about this. We'll try and get some people on not too far down the road to get into the conversation about the State of the Union in the world of college athletics. That's something I love to talk about a lot. And honestly, hearing this is huge for the future. Because it feels like for a little bit, we were getting towards a point where Power 5 could just say, hey, we're going to go ahead and do our... Go ahead and do our own thing, deuces, and move on. This could still happen, but I think this could be a safeguard to make sure it doesn't happen in the immediate future. We'll go ahead and take another quick time out. When we come back, we're going to have on our good friend Tyler Batiste talking some stuff around the world of the NBA. Cannot wait to talk to him about that. Maybe we'll get in some hockey as well because the Pittsburgh Penguins had a Triple overtime game the other night. Are you kidding me? Triple overtime? So we'll talk about that and more next with our good friend Tyler Batiste, managing editor for The Athletic on the NBA side. And then we'll the hour with my five favorite picks to click for the weekend. So let's get to it and get back after this right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Live Kid and a 104.1 Lake Charles. And I got to say, I'm excited about the fact that at the end of the month, we've got the Cajun Heartland State Fair going down. And we want to hook you up with ride tickets for the Cajun Heartland State Fair. It's going down May 26th to June 5th. And this thing is absolutely loaded this year. Cannot wait for that. And we got your chance to win a family four pack of tickets. All you have to do is text four simple letters. And if you're driving, pass the phone over to your partner or better yet, just have them kind of take the phone from you, type in this code, or you can go ahead and just wait till you get to your destination. Keep these four letters in mind. CHSF to 68683 to win a family four pack of ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair. Again, that's CHSF. 
I can remember those letters. I'm sure you can too. So make sure you get to your destination. If you're driving, if you're at home, go ahead and type this in right now on your phone and text CHSF to 68683 to win a family four pack of ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair. And this year, I think more than ever, go, go fun, fun is the absolute statement that they want to make to you. And I think what's going to be a whole lot of fun is what's going to be going on with the world of college athletics, possibly the not too distant future, because one guy that is leaving is Mark Emmert. He decided to step down. He's planning to resign in June. And this could be a game changer for a lot of different reasons. Because of the fact that we have some heads rolling, and more importantly, things could be changing in a lot of different ways to improve the state of the union when it comes to college sports. Because right now, it's very much wild, wild west, and Mark Emmert is a lot to do with that. I'm never going to like hate the man for what he did, but some of the stuff that was done under his watch, not necessarily the best look in the world. Again, just my personal opinion there. But there's a transformation committee. This comes from SI, and I'm blown away by this. The fact they want to consider some new radical concepts that, honestly, I am completely, and I mean completely, on board with. And you've listened to me on this show before say some of these things. And the biggest one that stands out to me is the fact that we have the transfer portal open to players for just three months out of the year. Three months. If that happens, that would be one of the best things to happen. It's the first step towards fixing the problem that's been plaguing college sports. I just saw this the other day from 24-7 Sports. Willie Allen, a name some might know and recognize, he's going to be joining, you know, he's entered the transfer portal once again. He spent some time with UMass. He enrolled at LSU in 2016, went the JUCO route, spent time at La Tech, was an all-conference tackle there, then transferred to Michigan in October of 2020. Now he's on the transfer portal again. I can mention some other names, but this is probably one of the most like egregious problems with college football and college sports in general is the fact that this thing is not regulated well enough. And I think the first step is this, is having it be a true free agency period, a lot like the NFL. This is the right thing to do. And also making it a one-time trip to the portal, no matter who you are, that's going to fix a lot of issues. And imagine a world in college sports where a school is able to offer each baseball player a full ride rather than the 11.7 which is a complete joke and should have been changed a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And the ideas this transformation committee has, and they're sharing some of these concepts. I'm hoping they can make some massive changes to keep people realizing how much this thing is going to be a good thing to change a lot of stuff. Is they wound up losing big with the NIL stuff. And now we're seeing a huge change with it. Now, hopefully, the first thing in mind is to really start regulating it. 
because we've heard reports, nothing official. There's no way you're going to hear anybody say outright, hey, we're paying so-and-so to transfer over. Like, for instance, some of the Cajuns players during this quote-unquote offseason, they jumped ship over to LSU, or some of them jumped ship over to join Billy Napier over at Florida. And allegedly, I'll go ahead and say keyword allegedly, because I've heard some things. Same with players who transfer over to Alabama. There are rumors, all alleged, that they are getting paid under the table because of NIL. They can do that. I think that's going to be something that changes. And maybe it's a retroactive thing. And if that's retroactive, I guarantee you there's going to be some guys who are going to get in big, big trouble. We talk about Will Wade's strong-ass offers. Trust me, you ain't seen nothing yet like it's Bachman-Turner overdrive. They're going to turn this thing up to 11 if that's the case. But the expansion of scholarships, that would be massive and help the state of college athletics is, again, 11.7. You've got to make a 35-man roster, only 11.7. The next thing they also got to do is pay a third head coach full-time salary. That's the next step with baseball. That's needed to be done for years. This would be a huge move in that right direction. Because honestly, that's the way it should be. You shouldn't just have everything be more towards football, having full scholarships. Now, Title IX could also throw some complications into this, but you know what? It is what it is. And it's going to be something that's also, I think, going to hurt. It's going to hurt some of the group of five programs, if we're going to be quite honest with you. It's going to hurt some of them, but not all of them. It's the ones that are already kind of prepared for some things. And also, I mean, imagine having a constantly open recruiting period, no dead period. That would be even better because then you have all the time in the world to talk and converse with all your favorite teams and all your favorite players to make sure that you get your guy. If you're LSU, you can talk to Arch Manning anytime, any place, anywhere. I'm just using him as an example. More likely than not, he's not going there. I think he's probably going to be a Longhorn, which would be huge for that program. I'm sorry, LSU fans. I, it just doesn't feel like that's going to happen. As much as we would love to see it, I don't think that's the case. But NCAA, I think it's going to be a lot better with Mark Emmert stepping away and exiting stage left. He's going to be heading out, and this transformation committee is going to make some radical changes. That is if they allow it to happen. And I can't wait to hear more about this. We'll try and get some people on not too far down the road to get into the conversation about the State of the Union in the world of college athletics. That's something I love to talk about a lot. And honestly, hearing this is huge for the future. Because it feels like for a little bit, we were getting towards a point where Power 5 could just say, hey, we're going to go ahead and do our own thing deuces and move on this could still happen but i think this could be a safeguard to make sure it doesn't happen in the immediate future we'll go ahead and take another quick time out when we come back we're gonna have on our good friend tyler batiste talking some stuff around the world of the nba cannot wait to talk to him about that and maybe we'll get in some hockey as well because the pittsburgh penguins had a triple overtime game the other night are you kidding me triple overtime So we'll talk about that and more next with our good friend Tyler Batiste, managing editor 
for The Athletic on the NBA side. And then we'll end the hour with my five favorite picks to click for the weekend. So let's get to it and get back after this right here on the game. 103.7 Live yet and 104.1 Lake Charles. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and a 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And we want to take you out to the ball game. I have not been to Minute Maid in a good while, but you have a chance to go do so when the Astros take on the Texas Rangers on May 21st. And you can be there. All you got to do is sign up today in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets a ballpark tour, and hotel accommodations for that Saturday night's game. And the Astros Weekend Getaways, they are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, Love Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The NBA playoffs are hot and heavy. We're in the second round of the NBA playoffs. And right now, it looks very interesting with two series. Some of them could be a clean sweep. I'm talking about the Suns, Mavs, and the Heat, 76ers. Those Heading into Friday night's action, we're hotly contested. So let's get on out, get the conversation going with our good friend, a Lafayette native. The man is an absolute legend when it comes to the Acadiana area. But he's currently living out in Pitt, the managing editor for the NBA side of The Athletic. And, of course, we're talking about Tyler Batiste. Tyler, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic here inside at Casa de CD. A little bit of a different setup than we're normally doing. Usually we're doing it via phone, but through the power of the internet and more importantly, through the power of radio, we have each other, not through Zoom, a little bit of different setup than normal, but it's great to have you on the show. And obviously, I want to, before we get to the NBA side of things, I want to talk NHL for a hot second because, my goodness, the pins. That triple overtime game the other night was absolutely insane. By the time I went to bed, I'm like, how is this game not done? Is this game ever going to end? Yeah, no, man. I, I It's funny. I, I accidentally um, turned it on the game. <laughs> like I, I was flipping through my television and um, it might have been a, a break in the action on the NBA side or something. And instinctively, I just switched over to ESPN as opposed to, to TNT. Um, and obviously the Penguins Rangers game was on ESPN and as soon as I turned it on, the Rangers scored a goal. They got uh, overturned, and then they went into, you know, triple overtime. And I had friends and people on Twitter, people I know telling me, like, um, you know, I tweeted that I accidentally turned it on. They were like, turn it off. Like, get, get away. Stay away. <laughs> so I didn't even watch, like, most of it until, like, he got to the third overtime. And I was like, okay, well, look, I'm sorry. These people don't believe in, uh, you know, bad juju or voodoo or whatever. I'm going to watch the third overtime because this, this is too good. And we got a backup goalie who was eating – you know, spicy pork and broccoli a couple hours ago. Like, um, I, I got to check this out. And it, it ended up going well for, for Penguins fans. So, uh, yeah, that was that was exciting. And the thing about the NHL playoffs is you're bound to get like four or five of those games throughout the course of the course of the postseason, which is always nice. Never a dull moment in the NHL. I think it's never a dull moment in the NBA. And my goodness, you know, going back even a couple weeks ago, you have the New Orleans Pelicans. They were scratching and clawing, trying to pull off an upset. I said it on the show a couple weeks ago. 
akin to one, two, three kid beating Razor Ramon back in the day <laughs> against the Phoenix Suns. And my goodness, the Phoenix Suns, they won it in six. And now they're starting to kind of get back into the right rhythm, taking on the Dallas Mavericks. They had their game last night, but it, it was starting to look a lot like the Suns are going to try and get it done and make this look easy heading into a potential Western Conference Finals matchup against Golden State. But don't be surprised the Memphis Grizzlies could kind of throw a monkey wrench into that. Yeah, man, the Grizzlies are, are so, um, you know, you watch them play. They're so young and talented, and a lot of the mistakes that they that they make and a lot of the successes that they have are just like clearly from a team that just hasn't done it and hasn't been there before. They got a little bit of experience last year being the eight seed in the playoffs. They even won the first game um, of the playoffs last year against Utah. And you watch that Minnesota series and the, the beginning of the series with Golden State, a lot of the mistakes that we're making is just the talent is obviously there. It's not a talent discrepancy by any stretch. It's just a matter of, okay, we've never been in this situation. How do we overcome it? How do we get through this? How do we get through that? Golden State is a team that has so many players that have been there before, obviously, with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, you know, Draymond Green, even even guys like uh, Kevon Looney, who's been there for a while. Um, they know how to handle certain situations. And I think more and more as, as Memphis goes through that, you'll see them, if they extend this series, um, you know, farther even to six or seven games or, or getting to the next round, you'll see them kind of handle those types of those types of situations. But it's just fun to have a young team um, with a lot of players who maybe you have heard of, but maybe you haven't led by kind of a new face of the league. And I think probably for a lot of uh, Pelicans fans, um, you know, they could look at Memphis and kind of look at uh, maybe maybe a mirror of what they want to be next season and going forward. You know, got in as the eight seed, made some waves in the first round and then really take that next step uh, next season. Obviously, some things need to fall into place for them to do that, but it's certainly possible. If the Philadelphia 76ers lose this series to the Miami Heat, does that wind up kind of making this trust the process movement we've been hearing about for God knows how long kind of a moot point to make you think that this process has on the whole failed? You know what? I think people will probably naturally think that, but but I don't think so. I mean, I think what you want, it's so tough to win a championship in any sport. Um, especially a, a league like the NBA or the NHL where you don't just get lucky one game, you know, like in college football or, or the NCAA tournament where you have a great game, your opponent has an unusually bad game and you can advance. You know, you have to beat a team four out of seven times, uh, four different times to win a championship. And I think um, if you look at the process as a whole, the goal was to be title contenders. Obviously the goal was to win a championship, but they wanted to, you know what I mean? They wanted to be, in that conversation. And, and the Sixers have been, they were the one seed last year. Um, they've got two all-stars this year. Um, they'll have presumably two all-stars next year. Like they, they are in the mix for the NBA championship have been for the past couple of years, presumably will be for the next couple. Um, so if you look at it like that, I don't think you can say the process um, has failed. I guess the result obviously is not um, what you would have expected, but it, it's a hell of a lot better to be, um, you know, contending for, uh, you know, Eastern Conference championships and NBA championships than, than where they were winning, you know, 15, 16 games a year. But I know a lot of people probably won't see it that way. Talk right now with Tyler Batiste, NBA managing editor for The Athletic. And I want to kind of get back to the Pelicans for a moment because they have absolutely, I think, 
exceeded some of the expectations we had heading into the season, making it not only to the play-in tournament, but surviving and advancing all the way into the playoffs on Easter Sunday, starting off in that phenomenal six-game series against the Phoenix Suns. They did come up short, but I think everybody is starting to realize there is an air of positivity surrounding this franchise in the not-too-distant future to where this may become a more recurring thing, even in a very competitive Western Conference. But I think, obviously, the first part of that has to be the future of Zion Williamson, and it looks more likely that he is going to sign a deal with the Pelicans, possibly a massive deal, to stick around in New Orleans. What are you surprised he's going to sign after the rookie deal wrapped? Are you surprised that he is so adamant to sign a deal after his rookie deal expires, especially something that big? And do you think that could be a big issue for the Pelicans, given the injuries he's been dealing with already in his career? No, I'm not surprised at all. I think um, if Zion had been close to 100% over the past couple of years, maybe he would have looked elsewhere. You normally don't get a situation where those top picks who are offered the, that rookie Supermax or that rookie max extension turn it down. It doesn't happen that often. I can't remember the last time it did happen. I think for both parties, they're kind of stuck in – not stuck because there's a negative connotation there, but they kind of have to do this, right? The Pelicans – if they don't offer their number one pick from three years ago, um, the extension, uh, it's going to look like they aren't investing in the franchise and they don't want to build this thing going forward. If Zion doesn't take it, then he's risking millions of dollars if, you know, knock on wood, he gets hurt next season and then that money's not coming from anywhere. So I think there's some incentive for both sides to do what a lot of people expected them to do, which is obviously um, for them to, to, to stick with each other past um, Zion's fourth fourth year in the league, and then that rookie extension will kick in. What'll be interesting to see is if he has, you know, two or three seasons where he's close to full health, he's dominating the paint, dominating offensively like he has. Um, you know, I'm sure Pelicans fans don't want to look this far ahead into the future, but do you see a situation akin to what Anthony Davis went through, where you know somebody who has that name credibility, who has the the machine behind them, you know, tries to maybe push their way to a certain city or a certain situation. I think that's three or four years down the line, but I'm not, I'm not really surprised that Zion is going to um, is so adamant about signing this extension because it's the right thing for him to do for his finances. And, and uh, you know, new Orleans and the Pelicans want to, they want to invest in the franchise. And that's the, the simplest way to do so this season is to lock in a player who, when he's healthy is still one of the more unique offensive forces in the, in the NBA. Talk right now with Tyler Batiste, managing editor for The Athletic on the NBA side of things. And trust me, there's a lot of things going on around the NBA. I want to go to the Eastern Conference for a minute. We talked about the 76ers, but one of the other games going down has to be, and I think everybody's going to have a lot of intrigue in a series that's probably going to go seven games between the Celtics and the Bucks this past Saturday. Oh, no, Sunday, excuse me. I remember hearing people say that the Celtics looked like they were just absolutely dwarfed by a Milwaukee Bucks team that looks to try and repeat the way everything's been set up. It looked like that for a minute with that 101-89 win on Sunday. Then you fast forward to a Tuesday night game, and that was completely the other side. The thing went sideways with the Celtics kind of taking over. Is this game going to go seven? Yeah, if I had to put money on it, I would think so. I think I think these are probably the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. It's one of those series where, um, you know, the the 
the sec the round before the championship is kind of the championship, which you get sometimes in uh, in other sports. And I think no offense to Miami, but uh, you know I, I think these two teams have probably been um, the the hottest, most consistent teams over the past few months. Um, I'm excited for it to potentially go seven games because I just think there's it's great basketball. It's two really good coaches going back and forth. You kind of saw how um, they adjusted from one to two in, in game one. Giannis was just kind of out there passing and, and, and you know, looking almost like a point guard at times. And, um, you know, the, the Celtics adjusted to kind of make him, you know, get into the paint a little bit more and, and, and forced him to kind of, you know, try to do a little more himself. And even though he scored 20 something points, he wasn't quite efficient in doing it. And the Bucs didn't hit a ton of threes. It's, that's not really a strong suit of that team. And the, the Celtics really limited them. So it'll be interesting to see how each coach adjusts for game three. You know, Chris Middleton is is not going to be back for, for, for the Bucs. So there's obviously some um, constant adjustment that has to go on there because they're losing, you know, their, their all-star wing, their Olympic gold medalist. And that's a, that's a big loss to kind of have to fill in, but um, these two teams are really good. They're, they, they've got superstars. They've got really good coaches. And, um, you know, it, I, it wouldn't shock me if either of them ends up winning, winning it all in a, in a few weeks here. So. I would love to see that either the Bucks or the Celtics win, even though I did place a bet probably a couple <laughs> months ago. Once sports betting became legal here in Louisiana, trust me, Tyler, I've been eating that up for breakfast, <laughs> lunch, and dinner, first off. But I, well, I, tell a- you, I tell you, I told a friend of mine, uh, my, my, my buddy, Jared Roser, who uh, uh, back in yes. a, a while ago, a few months ago, he was asking me, like, who I liked in the in the East. And I told him I thought Miami was going to be pretty good. So I think he might have put a bet down on Miami. And, and so I'm sure he's he's probably thinking about that. But I know his heart. He's he's been a Bucks fan ever since I knew him in college, even when the Bucks were bad. So he's probably a little torn if we get a Bucks heat Eastern Conference final. So I'll have to. I'll have to uh, walk him through that. Maybe maybe let him uh, vent on the phone a little bit every now and then. <laughs> I love it. For me, though, I made a bet a while back. It's a two-leg parlay. It's Eastern Conference and Milwaukee Bucks, Western Conference, Golden State Warriors. If that cashes, your boy is $300 richer, and trust me, I would love that to be, love that to be the slump buster, if you will, because it's Man, been pretty dry. I tell you, la- I'll tell you, last year, I – placed a similar bet here in Pennsylvania. Uh, I can't remember when it was. It might have been March. So it was a couple couple months before the season ended. And it almost came to fruition. It was six or su- a Sixers-Suns final. Uh, and obviously the Suns got there. The Sixers were the one seed. I felt really good about it. And then the Hawks had some other ideas. Uh, but that would that would have been nice for your boy too. But <laughs> It's fantastic to kind of talk about the NBA with you, Tyler. But one more thing before I let you go, because before we got started, we actually got to talking about Festival International. That was last weekend. A fantastic time had by yours truly. Maybe a little too much fun. Maybe that's why I'm stuck here at home while everybody is out there enjoying themselves, maybe at the Crawfish Festival. So with that in mind, talking about all these festivals, it gets me thinking, you're a Lafayette native. Why don't you give me your top three festivals year-round across the Acadian area? Because I'm sure you've made your way across to a lot of those back in the day. Oh, man. Do, am I ranking them or am I just going? No just particular going... order, just three of your favorites. All right. I'll go, th- I'll go through my favorites. I'll go. I'll go. All right. I'll go. Uh, Crawfish Festival is probably n- number three. Bro Bridge. Um, I'll go. Big fan of Festival uh, Louisiana. You really can't 
really can't go wrong with that. Um, always fun to pop in and out of uh, the bars and the places to eat down there. See some folks who I haven't seen in a while. And then I'll go number one, an underrated festival, but it's my favorite food. It's what I love. Uh, the Catfish Festival up in, uh, I think, in Washington. Um, Ooh, is, is, deep is, cut. Is, is, is one that I've, uh, I probably haven't gotten to as much as the Crawfish Festival and Festival uh, International, but um, every time I've made that made that uh, made that drive up, it's it's been worth it. So we'll go catfish number one on my rankings. But if you ask me tomorrow, uh, you know I might swap those or something. <laughs> I I will always love a deep cut, and that is a deep cut indeed. <laughs> Tyler, thank you so much for coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, man. Take care. Appreciate it, man. All right, that was Tyler Batiste. Appreciate him joining the program. We're going to take a quick timeout, and when we come back, I was talking about some sports betting. I've got five picks for you to click in before your weekend starts off officially, and more importantly, before all the sporting events going on this weekend officially begin. I won't get to any Kentucky Derby picks because I haven't necessarily looked at the field all that deeply, but trust me, we're going to get to a lot of that in the next segment, so keep it locked right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Hopefully you're having a great Saturday morning. Got a little bit of time left before we get into our number two. We got a lot to get to. So let's go ahead and get to my fade five picks to click for this weekend. And we start off in Major League Baseball. I got the Pittsburgh Pirates taking down the dreadful Cincinnati Reds. No due disrespect to our guy, Louis Prejean and his team. L.A. Dodgers, you got Clayton Kershaw on the bump. It feels like it's easy money to take on this guy and the Dodgers. Beating the Chicago Cubs later on today. The Golden State Warriors on the NBA side of things. You got them winning minus 305 odds here. Thug Rose, we're going to go UFC style. Then we'll go back to the NBA in a moment. But I've got Thug Rose retaining your title against Carla Esparza. We'll talk some more UFC in hour number two. But I'll throw down one more bet. And it's one of the other NBA matchups to later today. And I'll go with the Milwaukee Bucks money line at minus 125. Definitely going to be a fun weekend in terms of sports betting. Kind of stayed away from the Kentucky Derby because I don't know a whole heck of a lot about the field. Tried to get somebody to come on the show. Didn't necessarily work out. It is what it is. So we got hour number two coming up next. We're going to have on John Eric Poli, my MMA news at 11.15. And then at the bottom of the hour, we're bringing on our good friend Ross Jackson. We're going to talk about what's going on with the New Orleans Saints and the big move they made to get Tyron Matthew to come back home. So keep it locked right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 